TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Backed by popular demand, the revolution will not be televised unless you're in the call, but it will be audio. With you will be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Uh, my good friends, brothers, sisters, and everybody in between. This is your good buddy, your good friend who's gonna piss you off in 10 minutes, Mr. Ray Cash, aka Rance. And of course, I am with my podcast wife slash husband slash partner returning to podcastum. I got the podfather. The big fish, the flub, love, 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 love. Max, it's good to have you back, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I only had a week away, but it, it certainly did feel a hell of a lot longer. When you're in this podcast game, you you kind of it's a love hate relationship. You hate all the editing and the 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 work you put in, but when you're away, you miss the hell out of it. And I miss talking to Sa. I miss talking to Tanner, uh, Matt. Neither here nor there, uh, but I certainly missed you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I gotta, if I can be honest with you, if uh, I believe in giving people their flowers while they are still here, you were gone seven days, and we felt every single one of those days. It's no exaggeration. Stop that. Noise. I mean it. You could it's tell only you were because it was only because the wrestling world exploded. And we could have hit it with us some midweek mainstay, but I wasn't there to to do that. Yeah, I came I mean, back. I, I went radio silent on, on, on holiday, checked in on Twitter maybe a couple of times, but I said they went radio silent. Whew, we had some we had some news. We had some news. Um but I do want to give a, a, a bit of a shout out to all the listeners uh and all, all the, the, the people who, who uh tune in and listen to us every week because uh uh the higher ups at at, at, at the chair shot heard your your calls and uh we are nothing at if we don't give the fans and the listeners what they want you you uh, said that you wanted more of the chair shot radio so here we are bringing it back so thank you very much for that um we appreciate the love we really really do thank you all five of you people <laughs> <laughs> Um, and look, you, I'm not going to let you bury the lead. Yes, it, it was a lot that happened, but we just felt your presence because you weren't there. Like, not talking to us, not tweeting out things, not supporting people, not cracking crazy jokes, not being self-deprecating, not doing black country things like black country folk do. Uh, so I'm just happy to have you back, man. I missed you, and it's good to be back with you. And the niceties are probably going to stop because I'm probably going to piss you off. Well, we'll see. But thank you so, for the can words. I'll thank uh, you now for the can words before uh, hashtag cancel Ray goes on my timeline. And I apologize in advance. <laughs> but here <laughs> we go. <laughs> um, so normally we try to have, we'll, we'll hit a few things on this, but uh, we try to have something more concentrated to talk about. 
but so much has happened. So we're going to run through a few um, major news items, but you can't go any further. Kayfabe being broken. Uh, we are recording this on a Monday, Monday evening. Mm-hmm. So if you know where you were Monday evening, you know, that's probably one of the most unbelievable things in wrestling happened. Martha Hart allowed Owen Hart's likeness to be used again, but not by WWE because she is adamant she ain't never going to let Vince make another dime off of Owen's name. She has made a deal with AEW, surprise, right, uh, to not only partner with them for and her Owen Hart Foundation, but his likenesses will be used in games and merchandise. He'll have uh, toys and figures, and they're going to create the Owen Hart Cup, a.k.a. the Owen, which is going to be some type of tournament. People are kind of are, are guessing is going to be either G1-esque round robin or which I think would be more along the what he believed in, kind of like a like a, a new stars type tourney, something similar to the best of Super Juniors. Um, or, or the the breaking tournament in NXT. Yeah, new stars. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. And uh, and that'd be right along the line of what his legacy, I believe, kind of stood for. Um, so first and foremost, we those of you who are old enough to have watched Owen, to have lived with Owen, and to have loved Owen the way that those of us do. This is an, a magnanimous moment because for so long wrestling wasn't allowed. And please understand what I'm saying. Wrestling wasn't allowed. People try to act with this revisions history like WWE was the only one who wasn't allowed. Wrestling wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to give Owen his flowers because she wouldn't let anybody. So, number one, I'm happy. I love Owen. This is major for him. And everybody who loves him deserves this moment to show him their love. Yes. I'll let you start first. Yeah, so uh, when this news dropped, um, uh, my initial thoughts were about goddamn time. Um, I grew up in in the Owen Hart era. That was when I was uh, the most invested in wrestling. Um, I think that he's arguably the the best heart wrestler that that has that has ever lived. Someone who. Uh, who should have been world champion, multiple-time world champion. Uh, it was absolutely uh, devastating when we lost him uh, way too early. Uh, and the fact that we haven't been able to um, celebrate his legacy uh, because of issues with uh, with Martha and WWE and with the way that, uh, the, that he unfortunately passed away. Um, I'm glad that we are getting that, that opportunity to celebrate what was an amazing but cut short career. So look, man, you know, oftentimes people have, I don't want to call them hot takes, but you're, you have an initial feeling about something when you hear something, right? If I were to tell you such and such, Ronaldo got traded today, you'd have an initial feeling that moment when it happened. Um, and it may my, change. I mean, my feeling on that would be, who the fuck's that? Well, <laughs> of course, Mr. Radio Techers. But eventually you think about it more and your opinion or feeling may change, right? <laughs> we all have a guttural feeling about something. So my guttural feeling initially was this is bullshit. Now, I I did not, I, I took all day. I promise you, I swear to you, I took all day. 
because I wanted to internalize that and figure out why I felt that way because everybody else was happy. And I really, I really took my time reading my timeline and seeing everybody saying, well, if you have this course that this is up, you're upset about this, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, well, there's nothing wrong with me, uh, you know, uh, that I don't know about. Um, but I, I think I've been able to, to externalize my issues okay. with this. Okay. Let me start off by saying that nobody else has any right to say, have any say or, or anything about Owen Hart's legacy except for his wife. Yes. Number one, I would like that she involve his family because they she belonged to them first. But still, nonetheless, once you take that vow, you get married and you sign that paper, she has the rights. And I'm fine with that. OK, number one. Also, number two, I have no qualms with any one of the boys. And, I'm, and like Bully Ray says, the boys includes men and women I'm talking about the wrestlers who are in, on cloud nine tonight. Because they grew up watching him. Some of them grew up wrestling with him. Some of them, some of them grew up being trained by them. Shout out to the Bollywood boys. So, like, I understand their happiness. And none of none of what I say has anything to do with them. This is all about a general feeling. And of course, I don't want this isn't a, a me versus fans thing, but it includes fans. You hear the word tribalism a lot, right? And today was one of those words where that was a buzzword, tribalism. And this thing has kind of become, and it shouldn't have, but I see, I know why. Again, in AEW versus WWE situation, the reason it's become that is because while he didn't wrestle his entire career in WWE, that's what he's known for. I promise you, no offense to anybody. If he never wrestled in WWE, you would not know who Owen Hart was. And I do not mean that in a disrespectful way. That is just the way it is. The time period in which he wrestled, you would not know Owen Hart to the level you know him if he never wrestled in the WWF, WWE. Yeah, okay. and I think, I mean, just to jump in on that point, I think that is, uh, that's been uh, echoed all the way through, at least on my uh, 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 wrestling timeline, with so many people not even really realising he worked in New Japan, not even mm -hmm. realising he was a, a former champion over there. And mm -hmm. I think uh, what this has done is a lot of people are now looking out for those matches and looking out to see uh, the the stuff he did uh, outside the WWE. Whether that's because of the uh, the kind of uh, the anti WWE uh, mindset that uh, seems to be so popular now or not, um, who's to say? But the fact that they are going out and searching out more Owen Hart matches for me, it's it that can only be a good thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter why, as long as you're doing it. The man's fantastic. The man was the man was a Savant, and I mean that in the in the most respectful way in the ring, and a gem of a human outside of the ring. So more Owen is better for anybody. But pertaining to this situation and this topic, a lot of people look at what happened to Owen Hart as WWE deserves the blame. There is a major difference between blame and culpability. They don't deserve the blame, but they deserve the culpability. Mm -hmm. And they paid for that. They gave him a settlement. They had to settle with the with the uh, company. They've had they've they've dealt with their culpability. But people act like Vince forced that man up there, and he he to an extent you can say he did. He he pushed him. Although at the time, Sting was coming from the rafters. Sean came from the rafters. 
Owen had done it multiple times before. This wasn't his first time doing that, right? Even Martha admits that he moved around, which may have caused the thing to happen, right? Now, again, I'm not saying this to admonish WWE. They deserved their culpability. They deserve it still to this day. And they will forever be reprehensible for continuing that fucking show. That's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in wrestling history is letting those fans see that man die in that ring, not telling them that he died in that ring, and then continuing the show. I was watching live. I was watching live on pay-per-view when it happened. So this is not a stand-up for WWE moment. Not at all. But I bring all that up because people want to blame WWE like Martha not allowing them to use his likeness is the other way around. Like they're choosing not to use his likeness or they're choosing not to uh, announce him. Or when Mark Henry had that plea at the at the Hall of Fame the a uh, couple years ago when he got inducted, letting him like because Mark is close with the family and understands like legitimately none of the other hearts mess with Martha because she's alienated every single one of them so badly and 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 so and has all of them want Owen's rec legacy to be appreciated and shown all of them have disagreed with how she has went about things and she's a grieving widow so I get that but there is context to the situation. So when I hear this come out today, my initial thought is, well, first and foremost, if Michael Jordan, if if Michael Jordan's legacy was going to be um, appreciated, we were going to have a memoriam for his legacy. And he's not dead, but you know what I'm saying. If I if I just say, well, yeah, we're going to have a memoriam for Michael Jordan's legacy, but only the two years he played with the Wizards and the three years he was in college. That's not a that's not a memorial for his legacy. You know what I mean? And I understand it's much wrestling, especially at that time, was much bigger than one company. The man wrestled in other companies, but it doesn't it doesn't feel fair to those fans and those people and his family who loved him in that WWE company. Now, I'm not saying she needs to go crawl to WWE and make a deal. If she says she never wants to work with Vince again, she doesn't. But I'm I'm bothered by this idea that AEW is now the savior of professional wrestling. That bothers me. Because number one, this is a business deal. This isn't a, oh, off the good of my back. They're going to make money off of his name. Mm -hmm. They're not doing this because they, they want to preserve his legacy. They're making money. They got the rights to his likeness now. Number one. And number two, something that I've, I've really tried to think about today. Why now? WCW tried to talk to Martha about Owen. Other companies have tried to talk to Martha about Owen. Why now? People try to people want you to believe that it was all about WWE and not about professional wrestling. Every one of her family members has said that's not true. So why now? It, it just doesn't feel right to me. And I appreciate the people who whose biases are so strong, and this is not a diss, I promise you, but whose biases are so strong they can ignore context. I, I wish I could be that guy. I can't. And I appreciate people who care about one singular thing so much that nothing else matters. I can't be that person. Context matters to me. Even in the, even in the midst of my biases, 
So I can't just say, oh, great, Owen's back, and not look at the entire situation and see some kind of bullshit and be like, oh, no, well, Owen's back. I can't do that, and I wish I could. I wish I could, because today should be a glorious day for me and all of us. But I see the other stuff in the background, and it don't smell right to me. I, I totally understand and appreciate that viewpoint. Um, and that's one of the, the things that um, that really makes me gravitate towards you and your opinions is because you do give more of an, um, a deeper thought into things that goes on within wrestling. The, I haven't seen a lot of uh, hatred for this um, or a lot of kind of a, a backlash for this um from um, from AEW or from um, uh, Martha on my timeline, mm-hmm. but the the ones that the few that I have seen have been kind of a um, very um, tribalistic, definitely. Yeah, tribalistic. One hundred percent. They didn't come across with uh, the the points that that you certainly made, so I, I certainly wouldn't lump you in with uh, with that category. Um, all I can say is, from my point of view, I saw this news. Um, and my instant thought wasn't about um, about AEW versus WWE. It was about finally we are getting to uh, to appreciate uh, the legacy of of Owen Hart. And I hope that uh, AEW and WWE can come to some sort of arrangement where footage of a of uh, Owen can be used. It's a lot. It's unlikely. I understand that, but for the for the sake of of, of Owen, uh, it's something that I would hope that could happen. Um, but I I can kind of understand uh, why it's taken so long for for Martha to to um, uh, come out and 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 get involved in wrestling again, because this was her husband at the end of the day. She felt a massive, massive grievance towards the WWE uh, because of what happened. One second. The issues with recording so many podcasts over a so short a time. Uh, but yeah, she... She had a, a massive issue with uh, with WWE, the way that Owen died. She had a massive uh, um, a grievance with the company. She received the settlement, um, but the financial uh, um, uh, stability that that would have provided her, it's not going to make up for the, the, the love of her husband. And I think the issues that she had with the Hart family uh, more stem with the fact that they were, they were more easy to forgive WWE uh, than than she was, and it kind of like uh, had that rift. Uh, perhaps um, I don't know the the full uh, um, uh, issues between between the two, and I wouldn't claim to know. Um, but uh, time does kind of heal all wounds almost. And I think when she's seen AEW and the 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 positive kind of a. Um, um, the, the the uber positivity are surrounding the company uh, and Tony Khan uh, uh, for all his faults and we'll get on to some of his faults later on in the show um, he comes across as such a passionate wrestling fan oh that's real that's not that's yeah. not a conjecture that's real no he's absolutely not um, uh, uh, if he's reached out and and spoke to Martha maybe that's ignited something uh, she can see that. They'll do Owen right. Um, not saying that WB would have done him wrong, but there have been uh hit pieces 
done by the WWE. In, uh, let's look at uh, the destruction of the Ultimate Warrior uh, DVD, where they absolutely ripped him to pieces. Did they? I haven't. I, I don't fuck with the Warrior, so I haven't seen that. What happened? Yeah, so essentially, this was before. This was before he came back and uh, and uh, had his uh, uh, Hall of Fame induction. But oh when... no, you mean WWE ripped Warrior to pieces? Yeah, got you. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Oh no, absolutely. Rightfully but so. I'm saying they that, would that... never do that to Owen. Like, look, look, Vince is a demon. He he will tell you he's a demon. They would never. They would never rip Owen apart. They just no, couldn't. no, I'm, and I'm not for a moment suggesting that they would, but uh, there have been times when uh, WB have manipulated history almost, uh, kind of like uh, fudged the facts to uh, to bury someone who was not so, so much in the good books. Sure. Um, uh, but when uh, uh, Owen and uh, when Martha and, and Tony have, uh, have spoken, she's seen that passion. She's uh, believed that they can do something good for her foundation. Tony has seen um, seen dollar signs, but he's also got that fan fandom behind him. So for me, it just felt a positive move. I can understand. The, the kind of uh, negative connotations. His, the majority of his career was in WWF. We're not probably going to be able to uh, allude to much of that, uh, but at least those of us who know what Owen did will still be able to uh, will still be able to um, be appreciative of, of of his career. And if that leads to some uh, kind of a, a memorial tournament or ha- or however they want to play it. I'm all for that. I mean, look at the Dusty Cup, for for instance, what happens in uh, NXT. Dusty spent the majority of his career outside of the WWE. Um, so if yeah, they... that's different because Dusty built NXT. No, but yeah, I understand that. But I'm I'm saying the majority of his career was outside of that company. Now they went and gobbled everything up, and they own probably the majority of his of his yeah, content. Different. Yeah, they they own they own his name. They own the yeah. name Dusty Rose. Yeah. Um, so obviously AW are not not on that level, but um, if this can lead to other stars being uh, being pushed and uh, and uh, getting the rub from Owen, I, I see it as a, a, a fully positive thing. I agree with the overwhelming majority of what you said. I do, and it shouldn't matter what company that he's honored in, as long as he's honored. But there's an issue when you can't honor all of him and the company that he loved more than anything, you won't allow them to honor him. And so, like, the issue, I don't know, and I can't speak for this woman, and I will never plan or try to speak for this woman. But what what it seems like, based off things she said and reports that have been reported, I can't tell if it's an issue that she just does, that she just hates Vince in general get in line, right? Or if she doesn't want Vince to profit off of his name. Mm-hmm. And if it's the if it's the latter, he ain't got a profit off his name just for it to be said. I mean, they can't even say the name Owen Hart. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm, I'm not, and that's what makes this AEW thing feel weird to me. Because it's like, if it was just a trophy and the connection with the foundation, all for it, baby. Mm-hmm. But no, no, now is he's gonna be in the video game, and we're gonna have Owen Hart merchandise, and we're gonna have Owen Hart shirts, and oh, Owen Hart figures coming soon. It's a cash grab. Yeah, and, 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 and I don't, and real quick, I don't doubt 
that Tony's heart is pure because he clearly loves wrestling, especially 80s and 90s. But it's a cash grab, dog. Yeah, I understand that. And uh, to go on to your point about uh, not wanting WWE to profit from, from Owen, this will actually lead to WWE profiting from it because um, sure, when, sure. whenever AEW make a huge signing or make um, um, any kind of a um, link to uh, a, a former WWE talent, those videos on YouTube that are owned by and profited by the WWE get sparks in numbers. When CM Punk came back, uh, one of the, the the hottest videos on on uh, YouTube for wrestling was was CM Punk from Money in the Bank 2011, the part mm-hmm. bomb, all owned uh, by WWE. They made mm-hmm. the profit from it. Uh, so I can guarantee that Owen Hart videos have been pretty popular today on on uh, YouTube. And when this uh, when this tournament starts, they will be popular again. Who profits off watching those videos? It's WWE. Yeah, and I don't, I don't care about them profiting because, I mean, I'm fine with them not making a dime off his name for putting him in a negligent situation. I'm fine with that. But I just, it just, it, it hurts my heart that the comp- that the show that he spent eight, nine years of his life helping to build, the company that he literally gave his life for, because the, like, go back. The, the situation, this wasn't Sting who was the biggest star in the company. And that was then that was a that was his super way to, to pop up out of nowhere. This isn't Shawn Michaels, the number one star in the company, making a WrestleMania rest, uh, thing. This was a dude playing a stupid superhero gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, who was trying to get laughs from the company. He gave his life for this company. Because he believed in that company and the people who love that company, and even if they don't love what Vince does, the people that love Owen and what he did in that company are the ones who are being punished. And people may not see it that way, and I respect that completely because you can turn the other channel and see him. I get it, I, I do, but it just doesn't feel fair. And you know what? If that, if that is my cross to bear, then I'll bear it because she's bared a whole lot worse these past 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. But it, I, but it's not going to stop me from saying it don't feel right. And it don't. No, and, and again, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want you to put on uh, a false rhetoric um, because that's not who you are. You, uh, you've always been someone whose opinion uh, I've appreciated more because of the thought and the, the, uh, the intellect that you put into your your mindsets, and I appreciate your point. But for for me, my initial thoughts was that this was a positive thing, uh, and I'm sure, like you said, ninety five percent of it for you was that it was a positive thing. Overwhelmingly positive. I'm so happy he's back. <laughs> I'm so I will be I will be watching one hundred percent every second of the Owen Cup. One hundred percent. You know when they come back to Houston. Remember, I had tickets there to go to Houston. I just didn't go because pandemic. They come back. I'm going. I support AEW as a company. I don't. I have qualms with them, but I got qualms with WWE. I got qualms with qualms with Ring of Honor. I don't even talk Impact because I hate them so much. I got qualms with everybody, right? So this isn't a uh, Rance hates or Ray hates AEW thing. 
This is it just don't feel right. And I believe right is right, whether it's on the left side, the right side, the crip side, the blood side, the, the west side, the east side. It doesn't matter. Right is right wherever you put it. And it just don't feel right. But I can put that feeling to the side because ultimately the main right is that one of wrestling's greatest people is allowed to be back in wrestling. So <laughs> I'm cool with that. Um you want to take a commercial now or you want to, because we got a lot of other heavy topics. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, right. take, a, let's take a break. Well, yeah, we'll take a break. I'll give you time to send all your hate mail to Outsider Curvin. <laughs> we'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I promise you all, we're going to get lighter as the things go, but we still got to kind of, we got to roll in the darkness for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first talk, my first opinion wasn't so spicy. I don't think it was, I think it was fair. And thank you for your kind words. Um, but I understand people disagree with that. However, this ain't got nothing to do with my opinion, but Dark Side of the Ring has become notoriously one of the best and worst things to ever happen to the wrestling populace because best because it is highlighting things that people didn't know, people needed to know, people didn't see, giving um, giving light to things people didn't know about. For example, the possibility of, of, of a Benoit Guerrero love situation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Benoit didn't, we're not getting into that. But like, there's so much that this show has brought but also the negatives that have come with that right mm-hmm. um so they came back this year with their correct if i'm wrong bags their third season well yeah this is the the second part of the third season okay they split and got you yeah um and one of wrestling's most notorious um open secrets was discussed at length the plane ride from hell. So, Max, before we go, no way, go ahead, please. I was just going to uh, say that um, it's what I would I'd like to, well, I don't like to, but I kind of think of it as one of the most romanticized um, WWF or wrestling road stories. Uh, I mean, I've uh, spoken about this on, uh, on Badlands uh, with, uh, I'm sure it was with Foul Original, uh, where we covered road stories. 
but shout out to Foul, uh, by the way. Yeah, um, busy, busy guy. Uh, I have a lot of love for Foul. But watching this um, this episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, uh, and then hearing some of the the things that actually went on, it was heavily, heavily romanticized. This was not the 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 plane ride from hell that that I certainly thought went on. It was way darker, way more um, scary, way more horrific. Well, so you kind of went where I was gonna where I was gonna take it. I was gonna ask you what did you initially remember because if you're a wrestling fan, has been re- has been watching wrestling since at least the Attitude Era. You've heard of the Plane Ride from Hell, mm-hmm. and there were things about this that I knew. For example, I knew that Michael Hayes's ponytail was cut off by X-Pac. I knew yeah. that. I knew that Brock and Kurt Henning got into a wrestling um, match and uh, almost opened the damn door. I knew that. I also knew that Ric Flair t- did what Ric Flair does and got naked in his robe. I knew that. The other details? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. And to those people who were ignorantly saying well, why you care about this now because we didn't know like and there's a whole generation of people who didn't know what i just said mm-hmm. and i knew what i knew and didn't know the details of what i knew so um man look uh i'm trying to find the young lady's name because i do not want to disrespect her by saying her name i know it's heidi well do you remember her name um, um, the only pit I knew was, was that she was called Heidi. Well, let's call her Heidi, and we're probably maybe saving her full name was said, but we're probably saving her uh, some scrutiny by not saying her last name. But the uh, mind you, this was so to, to set the scene, those of you who don't know how WWE um, overseas tours go, and uh, this is we're talking about. The UK and the black country area, like my like my good buddy Mags from across the pond. Uh, when they go overseas, and it's not just to the UK, to any place, literally they have a show every night. Show in London, get in the plane. Show in Sheffield, get in the plane. Show in Blackpool, get in the plane. Show in Cardiff, get in the plane. Show in Glasgow, get in the plane, so on and so forth. And I know that's not correct anatomically, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, the UK is so small, they probably just got on a bus. But well, I get yeah. what you mean. Yes, well, this time they had planes. They had a plane. And they pro- they flew private. Um, and the thought behind them flying private was they can let loose a little bit more. Everybody gets a first-class seat. Because I, every, I'm, I'm 6'1", 330 pounds. And I, I fit in the regular seats barely to the point where I could sit in four hours. Right. So I can imagine if you're the big show. Right. Or Brock Lesnar. So they called themselves trying to take care of their people. And the same crew stuck with them the entire flight. And the the kind of the, the story around the plane ride from hell is based around the final flight from London, I believe, back to the States. And because that's what, 12 hours, I believe. Yeah. Something to that order. Um, I don't want to go by play by play, but I mean the egregious things. Um, yes, the Kurt Henning Brock Lesnar situation 
we've talked about, but it was made that much worse because it, it from what I remembered, and and we'll get to this because the coach, John the coachman, kind of disseminated some more some truths about this that wasn't because people yeah. are putting multiple things together instead of this particular situation. Mm-hmm. I remembered that uh, it was a friendly banter, but this was Brock was trying to kill him, right? I, so I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that Scott Hall uh, was passed out drunk to the point where just incredible literally had to put him in a wheelchair and say he was sick right because they thought he was dead and this is after he woke up for five minutes tried to lick Heidi's face and and busted open her blouse right um I didn't I didn't know that Dustin Rose essentially kind of terrorized and saved her terrorizing because he grabbed the mic the PA mic started screaming, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. Then woke everybody up while they were asleep, singing some love song. But then when Scott Hall was doing what he was doing, was the only one to get her attention away. So uh, I just want to jump in there because, um, and this has uh, been uh, ha- a problem that's highlighted by Jonathan Coachman. And that's why I, I, um, I, I said to you, I want to kind of really focus on his viewpoint Um but the the issue that with this particular episode is there seems to be maybe um, not the not the same amount of research put into uh, getting to the facts that uh, that Dark Side of the Ring t- tends to do. Um, like, so for instance, we're going to cover some of the some of the uh, the almost Mandela effect style uh, um, uh, errors that have been made. But there's one thing um, that it seems almost very pro uh, AEW, and it's the fact that they yeah. gloss they glossed over uh, an issue that uh, that Dustin had. He he came across in this episode as um, uh, someone who was sad and depressed about his uh, his wife uh, uh, or his ex wife uh, Terry still being in the company, seeing the day to day to day, uh, and alcohol got the better of him. He uh, he sung to her over the the microphone, but eventually saved the day. So he he seems like a, a a sad depressed person who ends up being a hero, but he wasn't a hero because bef- just just before he uh, he uh, um, commandeered the microphone, he pinned a steward uh, a stewardess against a wall and said to her and. Um, Apologies for any uh, any uh, young ears. Uh, you may want to kind of uh, mute this bit, but he said to this woman, "We're fucking tonight." That's that's threatening sexual assault. So he's not the golden boy that, uh, of the story that everyone uh, has made him out to be. And he quickly knew that this part of it was going to come out, and he locked his account down. He went uh, he went private. Um, so. Yeah, um, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in uh, in the producers of uh, Dark Side of the Ring because normally they they get to the nitty gritty, they get to the truth. Yeah, it's brutal a lot of times. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to uh, to watch. But this time, it seems that they've uh, they've not done their due deal due diligence. Um, yes, this is probably the one time they didn't, but I think it was such a big enough story. And because, as you said, there's such an uh, anti WWE rhetoric and a pro everything else, specifically AEW rhetoric, that they, they figured nobody would care. Case in point, 
notice that Dustin Rhodes, for everything that was said about him, and that you said he was list, he was kind of painted almost as a hero for a certain point. But then there's a story that people are mad about with Brock Lesnar, as they should be, mm-hmm. that he has he's just every bit as culpable. And that story is again this yes it, these are graphic things we're talking about so. Listener discretion is advised, but I mean, we start the show with fuck, so like, uh, you know where you at, right? But uh, apparently, Terry Runnels, who was currently married to Dustin at the time, was in the back at in the Insurrection pay per view, the pay per view that they were leaving, mm-hmm. flying back to the states, and Brock was sitting in a chair with Dustin, and Brock had on a towel, pulled, opened up the towel, and showed his penis, and. Dustin looked at her, took her to the other, took her to the room and said, don't sell it. Mm-hmm. Not, baby, I'm going to stick up for you. Not Brock, what's wrong with you? And, don't sell and, it. And that, that don't sell it mindset will come up in another story that we're going to cover later on. But yeah, um, that shows the 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 boys will be boys kind of uh, attitude that, that wrestling has had for such a long, long time. And uh, people, uh, you you alluded to the point earlier, uh, people say, why are you pissed off about it now? It's not that we aren't, we weren't pissed off at the time. It's just that it was just a different mindset. But these were still heinous crimes that happened. I mean, exposing yourself to somebody is illegal. It's horrific. It's 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 traumatic. Just because it happened twenty years ago doesn't mean that that it should be forgiven. And speaking of that, I think this is the point where we need to get to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, man, um, we we all fans are pieces of shit. And what I mean by that is, if we like somebody, oftentimes love somebody, quite oftentimes idolize somebody, we completely ignore the negativity about them or the horrible things they've done. We ain't even gonna talk about wrestling. I'll give you, I'll give you three mainline people who that makes sense to in popular culture: Bill Cosby, R. Kelly. Chris Brown, Donald Trump, D- Donald. Well, <laughs> yes, and that that's a whole other can of beans. <laughs> but I mean, I know people to this day that will go to literally go come to fisticuffs with you about Chris Brown, even though he's done time for beating women and all the crazy things he's done. That's I I love his music. I can't fuck with the dude as a person. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly. Has been arrested and gone through more time, more things with more proof than any human being I've ever met. People, when stepping in love, stepping in the name of love, come on, your ass get to stepping, right? The Bill Cosby Show was was one of the most one of the most amazing and 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 probably normalizing shows ever for black people. And that aren't broke, right? This isn't good times where we just trying to get by. No. He was a he was a lawyer and his wife was a doctor and made black people affluent black people normal. And he was funny and he did and but he literally drugged his drugged women. Mm-hmm. And it's like we focus so much. I believe that you can be I believe there is some form of levity there, right? And I think you can appreciate an artist's art without 
appreciating the artist. But the problem is we don't do that. We appreciate both. And I, I, I know that's a big circle to get here, but everything about Ric Flair that, that was said was known. It's it's laughed about to the point where this is this is hilarious to me, and I'm gonna give it to you after this. To the point where Tommy Dreamer, who is the owner of a fairly big indie, who is the booker or the, the assistant booker, one of the main people for one of the biggest companies in, in the United States and impact, and works for a radio show in Busted Open felt so emboldened, empowered, and comfortable on screen. Mind you, this was recorded probably a year ago. And for a year, didn't call him up and say, bro, don't put that on. Felt so comfortable saying, oh, that's Ric Flair's doing Ric Flair things. I don't think that anybody was 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 uh, was being sexually assaulted. It was a gag. That's what Rick did. I've been with him multiple times. He'd never heard a fly. But if somebody was offended, then maybe, then maybe they were offended. The the audacity to feel that comfortable. My God. I mean, he compared sexual assault and being offended by sexual assault to being offended by a double ponytailed hairstyle. That's how how comfortable and how much he held Ric Flair on a pedestal that Ric Flair sexually assaulting someone and traumatizing that woman that still nearly what 20 years down the line she is still affected by it now to Tommy Dreamer having two ponytails in his hair. I'm offending somebody right now by the way my hair is in a ponytail. You know what I'll tell them? I'm 50. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy I got hair. Shut mm-hmm. the fuck up. It, uh, as bad as as Ric Flair comes off, the Tommy Dreamer copped a shitload of backlash, and rightly so. That that opinion is why wrestlers are the way that they are. Why the view of wrestling is the way that it is, because everything is laughed off. That's why people like Joey Ryan um, were, was able to abuse in plain sight. Because wrestling is la- it, the 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 backstage antics are laughed off as boys will be boys. No motherfucker, it is wrong. You know what's crazy? I was in a I was in a long Twitter debate the other day, and mainly with a friend of mine. Shout out to mm-hmm. Sir Sam from Lords of Pain Wrestling Headlines, but other people jumped in, but. About the fact that uh not this wasn't with Sir Sam, this was with Chris. Chris BFC. That's, okay. This wasn't with Sir Sam. About the Joy Ryan thing, that exact same thing. And people truly believe that Kenny, the Bucks, and all the friends, nobody knew anything. Like, I I I understand they wasn't in the room when he was doing the things he was doing, but a lot of this was in plain sight. Most of these women that he was messing with were his trainees. You they, they hadn't even heard a rumor? Like, they didn't look one time and see the man grab her or look at her or, or do something in a room. Like, they didn't know nothing, bro. Nothing. Nothing. The Marty Skrull thing, I believe they didn't know nothing because from all we know is one incident and that was even, wasn't even in America. 
No, that when, was when that was when he was essentially doing uh, uh, holiday camp wrestling. Yeah, so like I can understand them not knowing that, but they didn't know nothing about Joey Ryan, bro. When all the fans, when all Shelly Marti- Martinez has come out and said people knew, Ryan Nemitz has come out and said people knew. Like, come on, bro. And and this this situation is one of those one of those uh, kind of proof. A kind of proving proof positive things that kind of shows you at the boys know and they just shut up. RVD's RVD basically spilled everything. He was telling, telling. <laughs> yeah. He was telling everything. He, he even said um, he was talking about uh, how um, women would be uh, essentially drugged. Um, and someone said, yeah, yeah. And someone uh, said, "Did it happen to you?" He said. Absolutely not. Um, he said, but I have had a gimmicked drink passed to me, um, which is, that's horrific. It's horrific. Um, I think for me, um, Rob Van Dam is one of the people who comes off looking um, looking one of the better people off this show. But guys like Tommy Dreamer, guys like Mark Yoda, who was laughing, yeah, genuinely yeah. laughing at some of these situations. Yep. Rick Flair, obviously, he come. He, I'm actually more shocked that he hasn't received as much backlash, but I understand why because he's Rick Flair, and people he, will, people will forgive him. The people will forgive Rick Flair for a lot of things. He, the reason I don't think he's received as much backlash as we'd like to see him receive is because he doesn't work anywhere, and so he can't be punished from a work perspective, right? But all of his car shield commercials, they gone. So, like, you know, if he was working with the WWE when this happened, he would have been fired, right? I mean, it, it, there's also the interesting rhetoric was how willing WWE were for letting him go. Um, they didn't seem to put up much of a fight. Were they, uh, were they um, maybe given a bit of a heads up of that this was happening? And I think next week's episode is about Chris Canyon and there's yes. a major issue uh, with Ric Flair uh, uh, basically – destroying uh, Chris Canyon on the Howard Stern show um, where he uh, Ric Flair was one of his absolute heroes and uh, uh, when he's on the Howard Stern show talking about uh, his career, Ric Flair rings in the show and just blasts uh, Chris Canyon so um, maybe WWE have have been given a heads up that yeah, Ric Flair's not going to be painted in the best light in the next couple of weeks, Matt, want to kind of distance yourself from him Um, but I still expect him to turn up on AEW because no, I think I don't anymore because not not in the certainly not in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I think over time we will see Ric Flair in AEW because people will still tune in and watch him. Yeah, but you know what? I have I have a lot of respect for Tony Khan as a person. Mm-hmm. I may not as a booker, but as a person, well, I have a lot of I mean, respect for him. We'll get to that as well in a little while. But... Okay, okay, sure. Uh, just to finish that thought, Tony Khan has seemed to be has seemingly has been a person who backs up the shit he says so far, and he has said um, to the to, you, for a lot more than your standard Booker would okay. be, right? I mean, Max Caster okay. entered the room. Max Caster did disappear for three weeks, though, so I give him that, and came back with no apology, doing exactly the same thing, and has now even challenged Tony Khan to uh, a wrap off. I'm so. not. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm not. 
But no, I mean, I get your point. He, yeah. he, I mean, the Hulk Hogan and, and Linda Hogan thing, uh, that that sent uh, set a precedent. Him uh, sending Sammy Guevara to uh, to uh, sensitivity training and 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 uh, having gone, yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, I I do have a lot of appreciation for Tony Khan and having respect for for stuff like that. Sure, he's not perfect, and I want him to get better. <laughs> but at least I can see a, a pointed, like history of I something there's a problem here I'm gonna address it um with that being said he if if Ric Flair shows up in any wrestling company in the next two years I won't be shocked but I'll be disappointed and that's pretty much the life of a wrestling fan right um I want you to tell the people because Jonathan Coachman had some interviews and some tweets and by the way yeah. Jonathan Coachman who was on this flight but wasn't and, called to be interviewed and and yeah uh, and we'll we'll definitely get to that. So yeah, Coachman who uh, um, is somebody who uh, I have a lot of respect for. I think uh, uh, outside of the wrestling world, he's he's been such a great broadcaster, and he's never been somebody who you have heard um, a wrestler have a bad word against. Facts. He's always been uh, he's always been uh, well liked and very popular in, in the wrestling uh, business. But as you alluded to, he wasn't contacted by uh, anybody on Dark Side of the Ring, um, and it seems for good reason he wasn't uh, uh, he wasn't contacted because his um, his view is kind of skewed with a lot of the views of people who were on this show and people who've done interviews about uh, the plane ride from hell uh, in, in previous years. Um, so basically, he he started. Uh, on a, a, a bit of a tirade, uh, answering questions and, and and people's thoughts on on the show. So he said, "I've got so many questions about the flat from hell episode on the dark side of the ring. I haven't seen it yet, but someone just told me that Vince and Linda were on the flat. That is absolutely false. Uh, if that's what they said, they were not on the flat." So people start questioning him about that, saying that Jim Ross, who mentioned that Vince was on the flat, Terry Runnels mentioned that Vince was on the flat, even though Hardy, the flat attendant, said Vince was booked on the flat. Jonathan says, I 100% uh, stand behind it. They were not on the flat. They took a separate flat over. Uh, we were on a 10-day tour. Vince only went over for the TV shows and went back. They were not on this flat. Um, so someone else follows up saying Taker said something different on the Broken School sessions. He says uh, Vince was uh, on the flat, talks about choking, uh, choking out Angle and says it happened on the plane ride from hell. So this is where Jonathan starts getting a little bit area. He says, understand, I was on this flat. I was there. Brock elbowed me in the head when the fight was started with perfect. Taker was definitely on the flat because he uh, jumped in to, to help break it up. But the reason it got out of control was because Vince wasn't there. So the person who was actually in charge of the, the team of wrestlers was Jim Ross. And Jim Ross uh, was on the on the uh the plane ride from Hell's uh uh episode of Dark Side of the Ring. And I think he comes off as pretty weak. I think he comes oh, across yeah. as, as pretty spanless um for somebody who was the executive vice president of talent relations he was bad at his job, or at least in this this situation, he was bad at his job because uh, he talks about how uh, why wasn't uh, Ric Flair punished? Uh, why was it able to get out of control so much? Why was the head of talent relations not able to control the talent? I don't understand that. Why were they were they allowed to get so paralytically drunk? 
that these issues were happening. Um, so anyway, going back to uh, Jonathan Coachman, uh, he uh, he's still getting more backlash uh, from people saying, "Yeah, Vincent, uh, uh, Linda on the flat, confirmed by Jim Ross and 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 uh, Terry Runnels," and he said. I'm not saying that these people lying. I'm saying they have forgotten the story. I promise you, if they would have interviewed me from the show, I was awake all the time. I was smack dab in the middle of all of this. Um, so what what he is essentially saying is uh, that um, people were uh, were essentially falling victim to the Mandela effect, where they're remembering multiple other other incidents and. The thing you uh, and you touched on it earlier in the show. WWE used flats to get talent from place to place a hell of a lot in this period, and they had multiple issues on multiple flats. So they had multiple playing rounds from hell. Essentially, um, there's the obviously the the Kurt and uh, Vince fight that was happening um, in 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 one flat. Uh, that's uh, that's brought up. Um, and um, Jonathan says exactly this didn't happen on the flight from hell. It couldn't have happened because Vince wasn't there. Why are you all questioning me uh, when I was actually there um, shaking my head? And then he talks about the, the Michael Hayes stuff, that he was so passed out drunk that he didn't feel the, the scissors cutting his hair. Uh, he was threatening to uh, to kill whoever did it in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, and Joe Briscoe said it was me. And that killed the the argument Stone Cold Dead. So Gerald Briscoe <laughs> com, coming in clutch and saving X Pac skin. Um, but yeah, essentially, I, um, I, I've um, been really interested in going back through uh, through uh, Jonathan's timeline and and getting to the facts of what went on. Uh, but that's not to say that what happened uh, on the plane um, was not true. There was stuff that horrific stuff that happened on this plane, uh, and I'm I'm glad that uh, that this stuff is coming to light. I'm glad that people are getting um, the 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 backlash that they deserve. Um, people like like Flair, people like Brock are all uh, getting uh, the 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 social media backlash. Whether it leads to anything uh, in particular, any like charges pressing, who knows? But I do want to say that the the uh, the stewardess Hardy, her her final thoughts on it was that um, she she would go. She's had twenty years of torment because of this, but she's uh, she would go through it again. If it meant that no one else had to, that is a that is a a, a very yeah an absolute strength. Uh, and for people to be lambasting her, saying that she's only in it for a payday, uh, why did she not report it? Now, her company, the WWE, essentially paid her off to not 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 say anything. It was all this don't sell it bullshit. And again, we're going to get into that on, on another story in, in, a, in just a minute, but it was this, this uh, kind of rhetoric that you don't sell it. You don't, you don't let it uh, look like it affects you when things like sexual assault are very, would very much affect a, a, a woman. So yeah, it's just horrible, horrible human beings. And what, what wrestling fans need to stop doing is putting these people on pedestals. People who get into wrestling for the most part, they are not going to be upstanding members of society. These guys want to fight in a in a a, a legal arena. You, it's very rare that you get uh, wrestlers who are 
who have uh, outstanding intelligence, let's just say. It's <laughs> not, and and that's not being disparaging. It's uh, it's 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 facts. A lot of of wrestlers are are in the business from being young. They don't go through uh, higher education and things like that. They love wrestling. They end up wanting to be wrestlers and they start young and that, that becomes their life. So these are not people who you should hold to uh, to these higher plateaus because they're as flawed as anybody. And when you are, get a group of flawed men or group of flawed people together, they will encourage each other they will back each other up and they will do some pretty brutal things and over this past 18 months or so a lot of this has come to light so stop putting these wrestlers on pedestals appreciate the art form appreciate the characters but just know that these are real people behind these characters who will make mistakes who will do horrific horrific things basically just believe everybody's shitty go (laughs) go along with it yeah, be be surprised when somebody is not shitty. That's the best go. way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, and they went through three liquor cards before they even left the tarmac. Like horrific. You knew horrific. it was up. And the reason Jim Ross didn't do anything was because they were too got drunk, and it was just another day until someone came and got him, which is another thing. And also, um, all you gotta do is search Vince versus Kurt Angle flight, and it's all those stories of that fight, which is on a different flight. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you it's a different flight. By proof, this flight was was parodied on WWE Storytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, there's there's proof that this was not wasn't even the same thing. Um, and that flight landed in Newark, not Connecticut. So there's a whole bunch like inconsistencies. Mandela effect is a perfect word for it because people are putting multiple things into one, and I. <laughs> nothing angers me more than if you disagree with somebody who has a negative opinion about WWE, that person says, well, you ain't got to stand up for WWE. You ain't got to be a shield for WWE. You have to defend a billion dollar company. Bitch, no, I'm just saying what's right. Jonathan Coachman got those those tweets. That's why I brought it up, yes. By the way, the same Jonathan Coachman who said he'll never work for Vince McMahon again. Mm-hmm. And and swears he his owes sixty thousand dollars of his own money by Vince. Mm-hmm. So like, who are we really talking about the shilling right now? Exactly. What Jonathan Coachman is doing is telling truth. It's as simple as that. Tribalism, tribalism, mm-hmm. and that this is the same feeling that makes me feel icky about Martha, because this is the fan base you're selling yourself to. You've alienated one and said, this is the same fan base I'm rocking with. The same fan base that can't handle when a factual thing comes out or when a story's told. And you started off perfectly. I got to give you credit, all the credit in the world. Because I didn't even think about the fact that the people who run Dark Side of the Ring are, of course, they're they're profiting from salaciousness, right? But they're also, also profiting from the fact that the people who are going to watch this show hate the WWE. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It didn't cross my mind. Why? I understand you can't you can't um, interview anybody that works for WWE because they wouldn't let nobody do that. I get that, but <laughs> you're right. I didn't think about I didn't think about the fact that like they 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 put these in a way to where it already it 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 
enhances your negative feelings about people or things. Mm-hmm. And I just want to um, round it off with a couple of um, of his tweets. Uh, let me just find the the first one. Um, so basically, the 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 is going on about. Um, Vince not being on the flight. He, a lot of the argument he had was was people uh, not believing that Vince wasn't on the on on the flat. Um, and I've actually lost the the, the first tweet, uh, but I'll I'll go with the 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 one to to round it off um, when I bloody found it. Um, it's, got, it's wrote so many. Yeah, it's wrote so many. So somebody um, uh, said to him, Coach, I had no idea how much you would control my day. Um, e at 10, watch prop special tonight. And then watching all this flight mess started. So I've watched the document documentary. Now time to uh, to see if I need to head to the pay window. If Vince is on the flight, no chance in hell that happens. Um, so he says, that's my entire point. This is Coach. Uh, what What everybody seems to be missing. 99% of people have never been around Vince. They have to understand that he is the boss. Nobody messes up when he's around. Um, so that, again, saying that Vince was definitely, definitely not on that flat at all. 100%. Uh, but, you know, there's a... So you probably wouldn't know who he is, but there's a prominent radio host who's become kind of a personality out here who comes with his own bag of bullshit but his name's charlemagne the god and he says the greatest the greatest quote i've ever heard in my life that i live by every i live by every every day no exaggeration nobody believes in the truth if the lie is more entertaining correct correct speaking of that let's speak on some truth because there's one other thing i want to get to before we take our last break of the day your, your homeboy James been getting from that 90s podcast has been getting some major, major, major interviews. And he had an interview with um one uh Rene Dupree, the French tickler himself. <laughs> Go ahead, break the, that down. The French free number well, he's he's actually uh um parlayed an interview with uh Rene Dupree, which he did a, a, a couple of months ago, uh into a um what's turned out to be a weekly show now with him. Um Go ahead, that's what's up. <laughs> Yeah, um, so they have a, a podcast called um, Café de René, uh, where basically uh, René, who is uh, working now in Noah, uh, but was uh, was uh, was set to be a huge thing in, in WWE, uh, but kind of fell out of graces because he was so young. Um, and he talks about um, the, the bullying um uh, aspect of uh of, of WWE backstage. Uh, and a few weeks ago there was a, an issue with uh your boy Booker T. He uh he commented on uh the the original interview that, that James did with uh with Rene uh when he uh, brought up uh the bullying mindset in, in WWE and Booker um basically shot down a lot of uh of Rene's points so Rene uh, spoke back with James and, and took those points uh um basically uh word for word and and and, sh- and kind of give his viewpoint of them that's a, a really interesting uh, uh breakdown if you if you want to go and check out that Nazi's wrestling podcast on YouTube but the 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 uh the point I want to have a look at uh, today is um, an issue that, that Rene had with The Undertaker. So I'm going to read the quotes. Uh, so 
um, he was speaking to James and he was saying that whilst they were um, on tour, and uh, I think he mentions that it was in Italy, um, the, the, the boys, uh, he says, they took my $500 shoes and my $1,000 suit and ruined it in the shower because he didn't go out drinking at a bar the night before. And the reason he didn't go out drinking was because nobody told him about it. Nobody invited him. He said, but that's just materialistic shit. Uh, it can be replaced. That doesn't bother me. He said, what really bothered me uh, was that uh, when they were there, they, the next night they took his French flag, uh, which is his, his, uh, his heritage, and they shoved it into a toilet. They pissed all over it. They defecated all over it. Um, he says, uh, I don't know what bullshit world you live in, but in my world, that's called racial discrimination. Um uh, uh, not to be pedantic, but it's it's more xenophobic, I would say. Than, than yeah, it's not racial, but I mean, you know, people put yeah. the two together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he said that was really hurtful. Uh, so what he did was he went to Arn Anderson, who was the agent at the time. Uh, he asked Arn Anderson uh, uh, what he could do about it, and Arn said to him, "Don't sell it." Again, that there whole point: don't sell it. This whole boys will be boys, keep it under the carpet uh, bullshit. So he actually then went to the Undertaker, and he says... Undertaker, uh, by the way, the locker room leader. The locker room leader. And he says to the Undertaker, what do you do when uh, somebody does this uh, this to you? Um, and he goes, well, what I, what I would do is I would find out who does it. It turns out it was Undertaker who did it. Or he, mm -hmm. he ordered the boys... To, to do that because he didn't go out uh, drinking with him uh, at the bar. This is the same Undertaker. I mean, Undertaker in ring is that a, a, a career uh, without equal. Uh, the best gimmick that wrestling's ever had. But since he's retired, he's, uh, he's shown his all ass. He's really <laughs> started to show his own ass. I mean, uh, not long after he uh, he retired, we had the whole issue with him uh, saying, back in my day, uh, the, the boys would carry knives and guns and we'd take drugs. Uh, it's much better than now where they sit around all soft playing video games. And if Doing you remember, TikToks. yeah, uh, Xavier Woods came out and said, I'd prefer to live in a world where we are playing video games than going around and shitting in people's bags and assaulting each other. Uh, and it just goes to show that don't have these people as your fucking heroes because Undertaker, it seems that he is a massive bully. Um, he, uh, he's took a kid who I think at the time Rene Dupree was 19 um, so this is a, a young kid who probably looked up to the Undertaker as as one of his heroes, uh, and the Undertaker's taking his uh, his five hundred dollars shoes, his thousand dollar suit, which um, for a nineteen year old kid that that's badass. I wish it, when I was nineteen I could afford five hundred dollars shoes and thousand dollar suits, um, and and destroying them all because he didn't drink with the boys when he wasn't actually invited to go and drink with the boys. Yeah, I, I just. I'm hearing more and more horrific things about uh, wrestlers who who I had a lot of respect for. It's it's just it's just horrible. Well, so number one, I think we broke down with the Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer situation, Brock Lesnar, and everybody else involved with that bullshit. That 
you can have respect for somebody as a performer, but these people don't deserve your respect as people. Mm-hmm. And something that a lot of people need to come to grips and understanding with that just because I rock with The Undertaker doesn't mean that Mark Calloway I got to care about. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's number one. Um, number well, that, two. That's the issue. A lot of fans can't do that. A lot of sure. fans can't separate that. Well, they can't. Choose not to. They mm-hmm. can. They just don't want to because that's this conversation for another day. The second thing that I think is relevant is that with respect to Renee or Rennie, as you call him, it's so cute. Rennie. <laughs> I, I love, I love the, the British enunciation. Rennie. That's so, it's very cute. Um, is that with respect to him, that's what they did, right? I mean, how many times have you heard of some of a wrestler going, uh, a, a young wrestler going to the ring and wrestling and come back in all their clothes are in the showers wet, right? Or even Owen, for all we love about Owen, the number one thing everybody would tell you about Owen who wrestled with him was he's the best ripper in the world. In fact, the reason the Kurt Henning Brock Lesnar fight in the um, in the um, playing right from hell happened was because Kurt Henning was a ripper and ripped Brock Lesnar and Brock wasn't with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason Kurt Henning got fired because Vince realized that we weren't doing this until you came back. So it's like, People think this is funny. Now, I come from a situation where I pledged a fraternity in high school, not college, thank God. And I understand the idea of doing, not horrible, but putting someone through adversarial situations to grow a sense of belonging. I understand that ideology. But what I don't understand is that's my choice to go through that. When I pledged, I chose to go through that. I show up to work. I shouldn't expect to get boo-boo in my bag. You know what I'm saying? Or what if what if I what if I'm sober? What if, what if I'm straight edge? What if I'm an alcoholic and I'm recovering? And I'm gonna get in trouble with the boys because I, I chose not to go drink with them tonight. Like that's one of the reasons why, true story. Go read, go search what I'm saying if you don't believe me. The original reason Ric Flair gravitated to John Cena as champion was because he knew John Cena could be a good champion because John Cena could outdrink anybody in the building. Yeah. That's why. Not because he could draw, not because the boy has a hell of a promo or he could wrestle a hell of a match, but because he could do the stuff that Ric Flair did. So, like, the, the, the business is a cesspool. We know this. We've always known this. We just conveniently chose not to pay attention to it until now we don't have much of a choice but to pay attention to it. And my heart goes out to Renee because that's a hell of a way to like start your career because the fact that he wrestled till his mid-30s, I'm shocked because you know how jaded someone would be? What's the girl, uh, Georgie Giovanni, I think her name was, who started wrestling with WWE and got, and got uh, ribbed? Quote unquote, and left the business because yep. she was like the same, the same for me. Mm-hmm. It's horrible, man. I mean, look at the 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 stuff that's come out with Ahmed Johnson uh, when he uh, he won the RC title and people were were writing the N word on his car outside. That's not ribbing. That's horrific. But that's that's the kind of uh, uh, attitude that the 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 business had 
up to very very recently that, that mm -hmm. things like that kind of was were mm -hmm. were, were uh, brushed under the carpet and i'm glad uh as as horrific as speaking out and the the stories that are coming out is um i'm sad that those people had to go through that but i'm glad that the stories are coming out because people are realizing that wrestlers are as shitty as the rest of the world that they're not the heroes that you think they are, that these people should be held accountable uh, for the, the horrible things that they've done. And I'm glad that that is slowly happening. It's important to note that money doesn't change who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It just enhances the bullshit you was already going to do. Correct. Right? And so we, we and it's, it's worse here in the States. But then also, too, y'all have fucking royal watch where y'all sit and, and don't move until the damn queen walks out and waves whatever so and i can say it's uk too but our fascination here in the states with celebrity is disgusting it's sycophantic it's ridiculous because there are there are people in america who are celebrities because they're celebrities what did they do to become a celebrity nothing but they're a celebrity for the fact for the sake of their celebrity if you were to introduce them at a gala or at a better yet if they were going to speak right at a at a college graduation and you were to introduce them by their title like you'd introduce me rance morris it tech or whatever computer tech help desktop support whatever you want to call me system administrator whatever you want to call my for whatever job i am at the day right if you would introduce the people you would just say celebrity well they, they go by the name now of influencer well, yes, thank very well done. Very well done. Yes. And so, and again, I ain't mad at the hustle, dog. Get this money while you can get this money. We only here for so long. I ain't mad at it. You know, uh, 44,000 years when the, when the, when the, the aliens come or the, <laughs> the meteor hits or Thanos does the overlords. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, get your money while you can. I ain't mad at that. Mm -hmm. But, that's the type of thing that makes people look and say, oh, well, I want to be that. And because I can't be that, something must be special about you. No, my good friend. They're not special. They're lucky. Some of them are. Some of them are very special because some of them are blessed with talents that no, there's not another person that can do what LeBron James can do. It's not another, there's not a lot of people that can do what Lionel Messi can do. But the last dude on that bench, there's a lot of people that can do that. And he got more money than you. He's not better than you. You know what I'm saying? So, and and with celebrity and with status comes the ability to do shitty things and nobody will care, as we've explained this entire show. Yes. Wow. Um, this has been really fucking dark. Good God. It, has, it certainly has. Uh, shall we line up with a little bit of Tony Khan news? Well, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's sell yeah, some t-shirts <laughs> and we'll come back with a little with a little more levity. By the way, speaking of t-shirts, go to ProRescentees.com slash the chair shot and go get all that good old merchandise that you can go uh, procure with your procurement through procuring. Uh, that means spend your money. Please. Thank you. We'll be right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
Are you pointed at me? <laughs> yes, we um, are back. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Hey. Yeah. Um, so um, let's let's lighten it up a little bit. I mean, the the news is still um, still uh, negative, I would say, but it's more on the silly kind of um, mindset of, of wrestling negative. Um, Tony Khan been talking business. Uh, I think he did a, a podcast with uh, with Bloomberg. Uh, talking about uh, the numbers, and yet again, um, Dave Meltzer showed his uh, his absolute AEW uh, bias by reporting uh, on on what Tony Khan said without without doing any kind of a, a modicum of fact checking. So um, during uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, Dave Meltzer brought up an interview with Tony Khan where he shared some statistics on AEW fans. Um, he mentioned about how they are the youngest skewing sports program on television. Um, he mentioned uh, how AEW fans also have more money than WWE fans. They're also more, uh, they're better educated than WWE fans. Um, so the, the quote was one of them is that, uh, they're the youngest skewing wrestling show on television. And he noted that on most weeks, they are the youngest skewing sports show on television. Many weeks they are, it's them or soccer during NBA season. There are weeks when it's the NBA, it's mostly NBA, AW and international soccer. So it's in that one couple of sentences, he, he, uh, counter, uh, contradicts himself a couple of times. Um, he said that the other one is, that AEW is the most affluent in medium income, medium family income, and it also has the highest percentage of college-educated audiences. People can get mad at that one too. Uh, so, yeah, Dave Meltzer, God, he loves suckling at the teat of, uh, of, uh, of AEW. So I did a little That's bit the sound more. of Dave sucking. Yeah, so I did a little bit more digging, uh, and I was... A fatful did a a, a, a good write up about this. Um, he and they mentioned a, about how um, Tony said in some aspects WWE are the market leader. In other aspects, we are now the market leader. At the beginning, um, they may have that may have been the case, but there are a lot of reasons why I felt that we uh, could come in and compete. There are a lot of great wrestlers that weren't being featured on television. We have a lot of fans that were looking for an alternative product. They weren't satisfied with what they were getting from WWE. I do think there was a great opportunity to come in and compete, and I saw vulnerability, frankly, in a market leader at the time, and it's opened up a market share for us to uh, bootstrap a new business and build it up, uh, and a lot of that market share, uh, where now in a lot of significant business metrics, we are the market leader. Tony, listen. I mean, you're probably not listening, but... (laughs) Every, You'd be surprised. He may be. <laughs> yeah, but in in every um, business metric, you are not the market leader, not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you are getting the the ratings on Nielsen, um, a, a system that is is always being called antiquated. Antiquated. It's always out of date. Uh, even the TV companies themselves are saying that they are not going to be using Nielsen data for their it's metrics been, anymore. It's been undercredited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of revenue, you do not touch the WWE. Not at all. They have revenue streams that 
that are that are eclipsing the whole of your company's revenue and they were they are essentially side hustles for the WWE they are they're making money despite in some people's uh, mindsets being poor product WWE Studios their shitty uh, movie studio makes more money than AEW. That's not exaggeration. And, and and that's not and that's not me attempting to slight AEW. What they've done in two years is phenomenal. They've gone from uh, a company uh, that had a market value of thirty million to now having a market value of four hundred million. That's that's brilliant. But WWE has a market value in the billions, in Plural. the billions. Plural. Yes, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I, I understand the the point of you you want to believe that your company is the best. That's cool. Honestly, shout that from the rooftops. But don't manipulate the numbers. Don't don't talk that that bullshit where you are the market leader because you're not. You're not the market leader. And then I want to touch back on the the the. The point that he made about fans being more educated and more uh, having more uh, median income. WWE's major fan base are kids. That's the that's the demographic they go for. Do you know what kids don't usually have a lot of? Education and money. <laughs> Education and money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your the 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 majority of the WWE fan base are are. You are old WWE fans who are disillusioned with that product and they want to see something new, or they're people who've grown up with this uh, this new style of the indies. They're in their uh, late teens to uh, early mid-twenties. They have jobs. They have, ed- have had education. The the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old WWE fans, they haven't had that yet. Give them a decade or so, they'll catch up. But, yeah, it's just... The, the manipulation of facts um, the, to paint yourself as being a market leader, it's just, it, it give me a chuckle. Let's just say that. Uh, I have a question. Ray, put your hand up. <laughs> just, just, just help me understand, please, if, if you don't mind. Last I checked... WWE has sold regularly 50 plus thousand seats forever WrestleMania mm-hmm. since they started going to stadiums, correct? Yeah, pretty much every WrestleMania is a sellout. Um, last I checked, WWE just sold 40 plus thousand seats in Las Vegas for SummerSlam, correct? For a SummerSlam on a Saturday. Last I checked, uh, I'm Christopher Walken. Last I checked, uh, WWE's ticket prices are more than AW's. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct. Last I checked, WWE runs more cities than AW, correct? I mean, AW are doing a homecoming back to uh, Florida again pretty soon, so <laughs> correct. AW's run three Chicago arenas in five weeks. <laughs> One more. Last I checked, WWE does house shows in markets in which AW will never run, correct? 
I mean, never is a is a is a long, long time. But if AEW it, does Davenport, Iowa, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I understand that. Um, if, <laughs> if they do Marble, Alabama, for instance, um, El Paso, Texas, like they're not doing these cities. No, Beaumont, Beaumont, Texas gets a show twice a year, and that's an hour away from Houston. They're never doing Beaumont. And that's no mm-hmm. diss to Beaumont. But the point I'm trying to make is, and I'm disappointed in Tony here, because Tony's job, his his day job for the Jacksonville Jaguars and for, remind me which football club he they own. Which one is it that they own? For the football, uh, football club? Fulham. Fulham. His job for both of those is essentially the numbers guy. So this is your job. And for you to manipulate these things, and either somebody lying or these people selling their kidneys to go to these shows because I bought tickets to AEW and I bought tickets to WWE. And the WWE tickets cost me a lot more money than the AEW ones did. So I'm just saying, and the AEW shows before and the WWE shows before, I just don't see where I'm something's not at two plus two ain't equal in four for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and like I said, I have no issue with you wanting to to sing the praises of your talent and of your company, but at least have a semblance of truth about it. And, and you know what? Don't just make up some bullshit. And you know what? Real quick before we move on to the last topic, this, I'm low-key offended by that, by, that, by that story, and I'll tell you why. Because what you just told me is, and I understand... You 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 feel how you choose to feel, oftentimes. So I understand this is how someone can choose to feel, but still, rock rock me here. That story tells me that as a WWE fan, that I'm broken stupid. Not only that, um, if you're trying to attract fans, you uh, the majority of fans of of wrestling are people who watch WWE. If you're trying to attract them to your product. One of the best ways of, of getting someone to watch your product is say, you are dumb, broke, uh, idiots. Come and watch AW. And then you'll be and, smart and you'll be rich. Right. And then the market <laughs> valuation makes sense. I get that because that shows how valuable your company is to advertisers, to people. When you want to – WWE has uh, – they – Cities bid for WrestleManias now, like they bid for the Olympics or mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. The valuation of that company, you can do that with other cities for shows. That's a big deal. I get that. That makes sense. But in what world does it does is it pertinent for me as a consumer to know how smart or affluent your fan base is? Mm-hmm. That does not. Now, if you want to tell, if you want that information to tell, it's not. The, the legitimate information, by the way, not the fake shit, but the legitimate information to tell to your advertisers, to your partners, to the to the to the um, TV company that you have a network deal with, by all means, because that's business. Why do I need to know that as a consumer? Why did you feel beholden to say that in an interview? Who does that help? What does that do? How does that make your fan base bigger or better? And and where did those statistics and, and where does that data come from? 
Excel because, that he made up himself from his yeah, homeboys. Because, um, I mean, you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, we don't really have the Nielsen uh, thing here in the UK, but how from um, the demographics and, and then the people viewing on Nielsen boxes, do you find out people's education status? Do you find out people's people's household income? Is that kind of stuff you have to disclose to Nielsen? I can tell you what it, this is what it is. Basically, you're doing a lot of you're, you're putting a lot of taking data from a lot of different places and putting it and extrapolating it into one form. Mm-hmm. Here in America, we do what's called the census, which yeah, we, we have a census. Okay, so what they're doing is they're they're taking census data and they're matching it with home data because as a Nielsen box, it tells you the general zip code that you're in, mm-hmm. right? And with that zip code, you can pretty much take an assumption and maybe people with higher up more money and more status can get more direct lines or direct information but you'll connect it to that because if you look up my zip code, you would get a general idea of the mean average income and you're taking it from that. So much just like Nielsen is a bunch of bullshit that they're just assuming numbers, yeah. all that is assumptions. And you're assuming random, uh, random numbers based on a group of numbers and a mean average. So you're, yeah. it's not, it's not a legitimate number. You are just making it up. So it's assumptions of of viewing numbers leading to assumptions on uh, on uh, geographical uh, location leading to assumptions on what particular people earn. Um, so it's it's so uh, out of the realms of of being factual that it's not even information that you would want to put out there because it's it's so easy to fudge those numbers. You he could have literally said anything. Uh, and you could have assumed uh, some of it to be slightly true. That I dare say there are some uh, AW fans that are highly educated and incredibly rich, but I've, I'm on uh, wrestling Twitter. There's also some that are dumb as a box of frogs. So, um, yeah, I think it was a, a, a very silly bunch of data to, to put up. And one another one that I wanted to to um, focus on was his valuation of, of the company to 400 million mm-hmm. sounds really impressive really is uh, to come from two years uh, to be worth 400 million but where is that figure come from because to be valued valued as a company you have to be uh, public you have to uh, <laughs> have you, you do though you have to have stocks no. and shares I'm laughing because I didn't even think about that, but that's factual. No. I mean, yeah. You have to build, uh, people have to be able to buy stocks and shares in your company uh, for you to be valued. AW is a, a privately owned entity. So it's, the value of 400 million is what he's put on. He said, my shit is worth 400 million. He's getting it's, numbers from somebody, but I mean, like you said, you can't have a full, I know sports teams have a quote unquote valuation all the time. But you're right. You can't be fully evaluated unless you have something that you can base it against. So I don't look. I you ain't got a lot of kick it, bro. We fuck with you already. You ain't got a yeah, lot of kick it, dog. Exactly. Like I already want to watch the show on Wednesday. You ain't got a lot to me, big dog. 
And and the very last point, and again, we come off as AW haters. We aren't. We love the product. We just don't like the bullshit that comes along with it. Uh, Tony Khan said that AW has um, the a roster with the most star power in wrestling today. Yeah, crickets. Crickets. Yeah, what do do you agree? First of all, do you agree that that's that's true? Do I agree? Okay. So, at SummerSlam, the main event was against a guy who was just in a movie facing a guy who was in three movies this year and got a TV show coming out. Mm -hmm. The co-main was, I'm speaking about the women's match, was between a woman who just won an Emmy on a TV show, who couldn't make it to the show because she was sick, fighting a woman who's been on every uh, talk show possible in the past three months. And the, the Emmy winner was replaced by a woman, last I checked, who has been on multiple TV shows in her own right and main evented a show a few years ago that had 85,000 people? She, she was the face of the biggest wrestling company in the world for two years, almost. And, and these are just the two main events. Mm -hmm. I could go down to the lower cards and talk about Matt Riddle, who was a, a contender in the UFC. I could talk about Randy Orton, who's been on every... He's, he starred in his own movie himself. Two of them, by the way. I'm gonna add two movies. Like, what do we do? The Miz, who is dancing with the stars. Yeah, hold on, hold on. The Miz, if so, if you're looking at it from a hierarchical point of view, the Miz is the sixth most important person heel, not part person, but heel on his show. And not only is he on Dancing with the Stars, but he has his own reality show. What's up, Cody? And also He's on the season premiere of Will of Fortune coming out. Like, what are we doing? What? What? And even if you want to say, well, I'm talking about star power in wrestling. Okay. Look at the numbers between how many people go to WWE shows and go to AEW shows. Get back I'm with me. I mean, there's there's an even easier way to to uh, show that rhetoric. Look at the uh, the the followers on Twitter and on Instagram of the likes of the books and the likes of Kenny, um, the big stars in in AW. Then look at Eva Marie. <laughs> By the way, who's also starred in multiple movies. Yes. I mean, Eva Marie is a terrible wrestler. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. She ain't no Kenny Omega at all. But she has got tens of millions of social media followers. She is a oh. big star. Oh, yeah. And, and she's not even a big star on WWE. She's a big star in real life. But on life. the actual program, she's a bit part player. But yet the biggest stars in AEW are 
don't have that that social media reach that, that she does. So star power even re eclipses ninety nine percent of AEW. I mean, and I you know I don't want to be this guy, but I do want to be this guy. I'm gonna <laughs> be this guy. The biggest people you have from a star power perspective didn't they get star power from the WWE? Oh, let's not go there because okay. that's that's been You're a right. whole thing. That's been right. a whole thing. The homegrown, the homegrown shit. Well, speaking of homegrown, apparently Ricky Starks thinks he's homegrown at AEW. Brian I, Pillman, Brian Pillman said exactly the same. So look, if CM Punk ain't homegrown at WWE, then Ricky Starks ain't homegrown at AEW. Hangman Page is not homegrown at AEW. Uh, who's the other person you said? Brian um, Pillman, Pillman is homegrown at AEW. MJF. Isn't homegrown to AEW. So, like, if we're gonna be real, if we're gonna like, come on, man, it's the same spade gotta be the same spade on both sides, dog. You know what? Just because you change it from uh meters to inches, it's the same thing, bro. Like, what are we doing? Come on, dog. Just because it's liters and it's gallons, kilometers and and and, and miles, dog, it's the same length, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> Whether it's 100 degrees Celsius or it's 435 degrees Fahrenheit. It's the same heat, dog. What are we doing, bro? Come on, dog. Come on, man. Really? You going to do that to me? Hulk Hogan ain't a WWE guy because he wrestled in AW in an AWA for three years? Come on, dog. <laughs> but come on, dog. But MJF was in. Come on, dog. I mean, the, the, the Ricky starts really made me tickle. Uh, I mean, if he believes that AEW has been the biggest thing for his career, that's good for him. But the motherfucker was NWA, a champion in NWA. He's an AEW guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Homegrown? I'll, I'll, if he's homegrown, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with him. If we can say that, if, if, we get, if, he, if he's homegrown, then Pac was a homegrown WWE guy. Yeah, Dan, I mean, I'd rather Daniel Bryan was a homegrown WWE guy than, than Pac, but yeah, I get your point. By but, the way, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Who was the first company that Bryan signed a contract with in his life? Hmm. 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 <laughs> That's right. The World Wrestling Federation in the year 2000. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh. And with that, let's wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, we started heavy. We brought it like we did what we said we would do. Oh, hey, that's, that's weird because people don't do that no more. Huh? Car is subject to change. Literally. <laughs> I have missed this, and I just missed you for a week. But I've missed. I, know. It. I was only gone a bloody week. <laughs> it felt like a year. I'm never going on holiday again. Oh, that's what that's what you say, Miss Mags. Will make that change very quickly. <laughs> um, tell them where they can find you, brother. So, if after after all that bashing of your of your standing favorites, 
Uh, you still want to to hear more what I, I have to say? You can find me on Twitter at PodfatherMags. You can find me on the chair shot on uh, on a changing attitude with Tanner and Ori, where we go through uh, the the attitude era of, of WWE and give it a twenty twenty one view. You can always find me here on on uh, uh, Head Trauma slash Mid Midweek Mainstay back by popular demand uh, here on Chairshot Radio. But I'm also over at Radio Techers uh, with my boy Ray here. Uh, we'll be bringing some uh, very interesting new content over there. So definitely go and give Radio Techers a, a follow and check out the content that we have on on the YouTube's uh, and also on Visual Global Media. Uh, my boy is from day one. Uh, or we'll always rep them. So, yeah, I'm all over the airwaves. For the record, he keeps saying back by popular demand. We were never gone. We were just, like, once every other week. We're back yeah, to I weekly. Mean, but, yeah, you know, yeah. like, how, rumors how are, rumors can, are demise were are yeah. really exaggerated. How can you, we, you miss us if we never go away? That's a good point. So we'll see y'all at Survivor Series. <laughs> no? You're not doing that? Okay. Um, so if you like what you heard tonight, you can follow me at It's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. If you did not, however, you can follow me at Outside of Curvin. That's K-E-R-V-I-N. <laughs> so, uh, yes. And, um, yes, uh, lots of great stuff for the chair shot. I'm chair shot through and through, but, uh, some special stuff coming, uh, in the next couple of weeks with, uh, my collaboration with the homies over at Radio Techers, so uh, it's gonna be pretty cool. You're gonna like it. It's, it's I'm 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 here to piss off the marks. Shock. That's well, not like you at all. Well, first and foremost, I would, that's the first time I've ever said that statement, and I feel disgusting. I need to go <laughs> take a shower. Um, thank you guys for listening. We cannot do this without you. We appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate the few of you who cared enough to say we want more. We want y'all regularly again. Truly, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And, um, and man, we're just talking wrestling. It's a beautiful day. It's all fun. Uh, enjoy Bloodline versus, well, no, shit. That, this is Thursday, right? So I hope you enjoyed Bloodline versus New Day. And I hope you enjoyed WrestleMania. WrestleMania? No. Uh, AEW Grand Slam. Enjoy wrestling. We'll see y'all yeah, next just time. Just enjoy wrestling. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. We've been, we've been here too long. We'll see y'all next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.